welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror films directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my favorite peeps, the one and only Ariel. Hi. Hey. <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> you know what? I've been pretty good. Uh-huh. I almost sliced my finger off like an hour ago, but other than that, I'm doing really Ariel, good. Ariel, what the hell? I was cleaning a mandolin, you know, that thing that slices food. Okay, for a second, I immediately pictured the instrument, and I was like, <laughs> how the hell did you manage this? Okay. I don't know. I probably okay. could find a way, honestly. But yeah, and I cooked dinner last night with it and managed to not cut myself at all. And then okay. I was cleaning it today, and I sliced through my finger really badly. Oh, no. I thought you meant you almost did, not like nope, you nope. cut. Oh. No, I just got it to stop bleeding. So. Ariel. Oh, my <laughs> and God. I was, while this was happening, or right after it happened, I was on the phone with my sister. And I was telling her about how I had cut my finger, and I was trying to get the bleeding to stop. And I did not realize I was on speakerphone at the time. Oh, God. So I just hear uproarious laughter in the background. Oh, my after God. I announced I did this. <laughs> and then all I hear is my nephew saying, why did anyone buy Auntie a mandolin? Of course, she's going <laughs> to cut her hand. <laughs> he was like, you cannot buy her sharp objects. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most sympathetic response, but it's also not 100% inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, one of those things that you're like rough but fair <laughs> yeah 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 but so anyway are you okay oh yeah yeah i'm fine i you know you very strip that shit together maybe if i wasn't in quarantine that'd be something i consider but i have a ton of wound care stuff i just use those steri strips and got it did you get back like some super again. glue in there is it gaping open <laughs> <laughs> well luckily mandolin blades are really thin yeah. So it's not like a huge wound. It's just deep. So I think it'll be fine. <sighs> that sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> and it's on my right hand. <laughs> oh, no. Are you going to have to go around with like a glove or like one of those little finger condoms on it? If I want to shower, probably. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> or Ariel. wash dishes with not just my left hand. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ariel. Well, I'm sending <laughs> healing vibes your way and also um, maybe get a stitch in it. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we have talked about the corporeal, how about the incorporeal? What's going on with Pizza Ghost? Any updates? I do have a couple of things. Oh, God. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> First of all, my speakers showed back up. What? Okay, so here's what happened. My cat jumped up onto my bookshelf where I used to have the mysteriously missing speakers, uh -huh. knocked a couple of shelves out of the bookshelf, everything off the bookshelves. And as I was going to pick it up, you know what was sitting on the floor right in front of the bookshelves? The fucking speakers. What? Yes. So they were on the shelves. Did they get pushed back? No, no, no. I don't think they were on the shelves because they were sitting in front of all the stuff just nicely sitting there. And you looked in the place where they had yeah, been sitting I mean, it's, before. It's the floor right in front of the bookshelf where they were. So, yeah, that was what? one of the first places I looked. And so I'm either – it's either one of those things where you look in one place a million times and can't find your keys and then you go back there an hour later and there they are. Or something weird happened. I don't know. Have you asked your mom if she moved the speakers? Yeah. 
and she said no to the speakers yeah nobody has touched them and you haven't had anyone else over because quarantine yeah exactly weird (laughs) very very strange Okay, okay so the other thing is i did what you told me to do and i videotaped myself sleeping okay nothing happened Apparently, okay. I move a lot in my sleep, but I never leave the bed. So Okay. <laughs> so, the, so. The, I mean, one thing we know for sure is it wasn't you putting the speakers back in your sleep. I don't think so. I mean, I only did it for one night, but I don't think that's what happened. How was it watching yourself sleep? It's pretty weird, man. <laughs> yeah? W- were yeah. there any surprises? Just the amount I move. I move really? constantly in my sleep. Yeah. Sounds so restful. <laughs> I shake my leg a lot during the day, but I yeah. did not know I did it at night, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wow. I bet that's fun for your, your night guests. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, geez, I'm not sure what the next step is now. Okay. I have one more update. Oh, okay. 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 I'm going to send you something. Oh, I love a visual aid. <laughs> yes okay hold on all right i've got the discord up what is this (laughs) is this another offering it sure is this is a weird selection thank you we talked about more alcohol perhaps a dessert i mean if there's a vodka that's following we're in business, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at an original recipe, V can o v eight, yeah, and it's yeah. just sitting at you. Okay, so tell me the scenario about how this was discovered. It just happened last night. I came okay. home after walking my dog, and so it you was were just out again. There. Yeah, you were out again. Mm-hmm. The fuck is going on with these? I don't know. And why is it a V8? I don't think I've had a V8 in so many years. My hippie parents used to make us drink them when we were kids. But Horrible. <laughs> Everybody else has got had like Capri Suns in their lunch and we had a V8. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> V8s are disgusting. Right? Yeah. How are they good. still in business? I feel like the, the V8... You have one and you know they're terrible and you never have another one. Is there enough influx of new people trying V8 for the first time to keep <laughs> That's them That's all business? it ever is. <laughs> yeah, it's purchasers. a one and done kind of beverage. No one's like, mm, I'm going to have me a nice tall glass of, or warm glass of V8. <laughs> I mean, unless you're making cocktails, right? Which is what makes me think maybe this is, they're just drawing out the process and next you're going to get a little bottle of vodka. Okay, well then, that I can hang with. Yeah. That would be rad, especially yes. if that bottle of, although the bottle of vodka also needs to have a little bit of horseradish because who wants an <laughs> unspicy Bloody Mary? That's Gross. True. Gross. <laughs> or they're just being like, you look like you need some more nutrients. Ooh, you feel like maybe there's some judgment. Yeah. Maybe. That I, don't, I look like I don't eat enough vegetables. <laughs> she needs know. a little more beta carotene in her life. <laughs> so what did you do? Did you bring it in did you leave it there Uh, it's sitting on my dining room table right now so this is another sealed beverage so you could potentially enjoy this beverage if it was possible to enjoy a v8 but (laughs) so like i said theoretically yeah that's wild okay so you never got a text or a response of any kind no and the one person the one other person that i thought it might be this older lady that i'm friends with who lives in the complex yeah. Because occasionally she'll leave me bushels of onions or weird things like that. Right. But she moved out. 
She no longer lives here. Do you check? Have you been periodically checking underneath the mat to make sure that somebody didn't slide a note under there? Oh, shit. No, I haven't. That well, didn't occur to me. <laughs> I think between now and when we speak again, you need to look, look under, under the, the mat. mat okay. Because didn't you leave a note kind of sticking out of the mat? I did. That's true. Because if you were going to leave someone a note like this, you could just slide it under the mat. Yeah. I can't believe that didn't occur to me. But yeah. Yeah. I'll, I think you I'll need check. to peep the map. Okay. okay. All right. I'm going to think, listeners, I'm I'm running out of investigation ideas here. At least tonight. <laughs> it's been a long week, so I don't know that I'm yeah, firing sure on all of my cylinders. I think at this point we need to check and see if there is a note. And I'm I'm still thinking about further investigation that can be done around these speakers. Because I okay. do think there's some something hinky happening with them magically reappearing right when your cat knocks that shelf off the wall. That yeah. feels like her and, and pizza ghost are in cahoots. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna my say. Cat and pizza ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's my theory. Okay. All, all right. right. Well, keep us posted because obviously I'm very invested in <laughs> the goings on. <laughs> all right. So, what have I been up to? Other than work, have you been doing anything else, Rachel? <laughs> I mean, a little bit here and there. I'm having, we're having guests over for the first time. That is exciting. Tomorrow night. So we, the, the backyard rep preparation has been happening in earnest. We've got the whole patio set up today. We spent the afternoon setting up one of those patio heaters. Oh, I'm so excited for you. It looks so good. I know. So we still have one or two more elements oh, that are okay. not just decorative, like we're going to, I don't know if I already told you this, but we're getting a projector Ooh, and a really? screen. Yeah. So we're oh, going to host rad. movie nights in the backyard. <laughs> we're going to do some cool. horror movie watching in the backyard this winter. Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. That's a spooky way to watch too. Right. And we have that popcorn machine maker, right, like the yes. theater popcorn. So we're going to have theater popcorn and we're going to show horror movies and starting, I think our first movie night is going to be actually on Halloween. We have some people coming then and I don't know what we're going to watch yet. So I'm taking suggestions or good things for, for a Halloween watch. That's so cool. Your backyard is going to be the place to be this winter. Yes, you're going to have to come and be in it. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So that's like where my non-work energy is going. I'm going into yet another hell week at work next week. I have <laughs> so many assignments due, Ariel. Oh. So many. I have one day where I have to write five articles. Oh, my God, Rachel. Yeah. It's advertorial that's due that day, and I have no choice. Holy so shit. So I basically, starting at 6 a.m., I have to start writing and write until I'm done with five articles. So Damn. that'll be a fun day. Yeah, that sounds really hellish. <laughs> and I'd like to say it's the only day that's going to be like that, Aww. but it's not. It's first of three. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, then I got to break the news to my boss that I'm going to be unavailable all week because I have so much writing to do. But that is a problem for tomorrow, Rachel. For tonight, Rachel, I get to talk about horror movies, which is something that makes me very happy. Yay. So I'm going to focus on that. Before we get into that, though, really quickly, we do have a little bit of housekeeping. Oh, okay. Nothing major. No, no corrections, at least not that I know <laughs> of. But I do want to announce some fun stuff that we have going on. First of all, it is spooky season. It is October. This is the time of our people. And so we wanted to do something a little special. We have a special promotion going on on our Discord. Typically, you know, we always talk about how much we love our Discord and how we are always encouraging people to join the Patreon so that you can get access to the Discord. 
we have decided for the month of October to encourage you guys to come hang out with us to drop the tier of where you get the Discord benefit to the $1 tier. So for just $1 a month, you can get into the Discord and hang out with us and Kiki and have a good time. And this is the perfect time, not only because it's at the $1 level, but because we have a bunch of fun stuff planned for specifically for patrons and people who are with us on the Discord. So if you're a patron and you're not on the Discord already, what are you doing? Hurry up. Sign up for Discord. It's free. Come join us. We are going to be doing group watches of some horror movies. The first one we're going to watch is The Blob from 1986. I'm so excited about that. Yes. <laughs> I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. I think there are some people that will be joining us that have never seen it. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So Larry and Justin are going to hop what? on. They've and... never seen it? No. And I tried oh to talk God. them into watching it and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't really like the original. So I think that kind of took the wind out of their oh, sails. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I was like, yeah, of course. You got to watch this one. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we're going to watch The Blob. We have season four of Dragula starts this month. So we have started a fantasy league group watch for that. If you're not watching Dragula, it is amazing horror themed drag. And we're going to do kind of like, yeah, like fantasy football, but with drag queens. And we have a horror trivia game afternoon planned one weekend. So Which that's going to be fun. a lot of fun. You guys yeah. could come on and beat the crap out of me. Make me lose again. <laughs> I gotta, gotta regain my crown. Yeah, you so, do. You gotta take it back. I've been saying I'm not drinking this time. Because <laughs> I always start strong and then crash at the end. Because by then I'm like, do, 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 do. But yeah, so that is going to be a lot of fun. And then we have another movie night that we have not announced yet. But, and it's not just because we haven't figured out what we're going to watch. It. It's <laughs> because it's fun to surprise people. Anyway, so yeah, long story short. Hop on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls. Sign up at the $1 tier or more if you're feeling generous and hop on to Discord with us because we are set to have a lot of fun. Plus, once you get on there, you're never going to want to leave because it's just wall to wall shit talk and cat photos. And who doesn't want more of that in their life, right? Yeah, it's great. We chit chat basically all day. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's like at least one or two of us on at all hours. Yeah. <laughs> With the time zones, it starts early and goes late. <laughs> all right, cool. So that's what we've got for housekeeping. I guess we can get into this. But before we do, Ariel, can you please lay our spoiler policy down? And this one's a little interesting this time. So so let, let, let the listeners know how we're handling spoilers. All right. So today we're going to be reviewing the movie VHS 94. And because it's an anthology, there are many different directors, but two of them are women. And first of all, Rachel is going to give us some background on those two women directors as well as the making of the movie. And then we will get into our non-spoiler overall reviews and sort of let you know whether it's worth checking out. And after that, we're going to get into individual reviews of the different parts of the anthology. And at that point, we're going to spoil everything. Consider yourself warned. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about a couple of ladies who have entered the VHS universe. First up is Jennifer Reeder, who directs the wraparound story because it's, you know, it's an anthology, various segments, and then there's sort of a larger story that connects all of them, right? You know how a wraparound works. This ain't your first thing. <laughs> all right. So Jennifer Reeder is an artist, a filmmaker, and screenwriter from Ohio. Her educational background is actually not in filmmaking, but oh. rather in the visual arts medium, which I think, especially with her 
previous films, one of which we have discussed before, that is very apparent. Wait, she... which which other film did we talk about? So, if her oh, name sounds sorry. familiar, no, it's fine. I'll just skip to that part. <laughs> if her name sounds familiar, that's because we have talked about Jennifer Reeder's work before on episode three with the film Knives and Skin. Oh, shit. Okay. Right. Yes. That's right. Very experimental. Very yeah. visually stunning. Very much. Oh, gosh. You're right. That makes so much sense now because that movie yes. is so interesting visually and so artistic. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very clear that that yeah. she has that background. So Reader received a MFA from the School of Art Institute in Chicago in 1996. And her film work, like I said, has been heavily influenced by that background. So since she did Knives and Skin, she has directed three more shorts. And then VHS is her feature film follow-up to that. Wow. Yeah. Reader is rad. She's an outspoken <laughs> feminist who infuses her ethos into all of her work. And that's something I think that we should definitely revisit when we get to her segment. Yeah. Because I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh-huh. She also founded the Tracers Book Club, which is a feminist social justice and arts initiative. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And she's currently also a teacher at the School of Art and Art History at the University of of illinois and chicago where she holds the position of associate professor of moving image oh that's so cool what that's a great a, title. That is a rad title <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> as for what she has planned next she's currently in post-production on another feature called restless which is a quote-unquote chicago ghost story okay so she's sticking with horror i love it that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is her genre. You know, yeah, I think most it of feels what she way. has done has kind mm-hmm. of been in this sort of side of or this this end of the spectrum of genres, whether it's like thriller or horror. That yeah. Area. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let me tell you about Chloe. Now, Chloe is a little bit of a mystery on the Internet, as I complained to you earlier <laughs> <laughs> before the show. OK, so Chloe uh, Okuno directed the stream drain. Sorry, the stream. No. Stream drain? No, that's not right. What is it called? Is it called a stream drain? It is, I right? Don't, well, I don't drain? know what that means. Storm drain. Okay. It's my own terrible Oh, storm drain. Typos. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, I thought you were talking about post. something else that she had directed on this movie. And I was like, <laughs> You're like, she only do drain projects. Is that is exclusively drains? No, that is called a typo. <laughs> All right, so she directed the storm drain segment (laughs) of this film. Okay, and so as I said, please forgive me, there's not a ton of stuff about her bio on the internet yet, but based on her work in this, I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon, and we'll probably get to know lots about her over the coming Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. So here's what I do know. Chloe graduated from UC Berkeley with a BA in Slavic Languages and Literature. Which is a twist. That is a twist. I was not (laughs) expecting you to say that. No, ma'am. She also received her master's degree in directing from the American Film Institute. Wow. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Her first job in the film industry was as a a PA on the independent feature film Hotel California, which I have not seen. No, neither have I. After that, she continued to work in production on a variety of short films, music videos, and commercials. Prior to VHS 94, she's probably best known for her short film, Slut, 
which is about a girl who is targeted by a sociopath after she has a bit of a glow up. She's trying to impress some boys and get some some boy attention. And unfortunately, she attracts the attention of a sociopath who starts stalking and wanting to kill her. Oh, that sounds interesting. Right? It's on. You can watch it on the Alter channel on, on YouTube. Oh, okay. It's about okay, 20 cool. minutes long, and I definitely re- recommend checking it out. The short won several awards, including Best Short at the Las Vegas International Film Festival, Scream Fest, and Boston Underground. Wow. And it was nominated for a ton of other ones, including like a Rondo Award. Next up, she has two genre films coming. She has a film called Watcher about a woman who feels like she's being stalked by an unseen watcher in a neighboring building that is currently in post-production. And in pre-production, she's working on a film called Rodney and Cheryl, which is about the true life serial killer who won a dating game. Oh, Rodney Ocala. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Right? It sounds real. And I was looking at the cast of both of these. These look like they're going to be big deal productions. Oh, good for her. That's really exciting. But honestly, like I said, watching the short. This does not surprise me. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We yeah. liked it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So as far as production on the film, again, there's not a ton of information out there. I'm surprised. Usually I get a lot of my, I don't know about you. Maybe you can clue mm-hmm. me into different ways of doing this. But most of my information comes from reading a bunch of interviews with the directors. Yeah. They'll talk about stories from production or it'll be in the intro of the, you know, I read a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Not a ton of interviews with these directors. Oh, I listened weird. to a, an episode of a podcast and I read as many things as I could. And I think it's because they kept doing group interviews with people. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Then everybody only gets to touch on a little bit because yeah, there's like so many directors. Like two questions. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? So unfortunately, I don't have a ton. But here's what I was able to kind of cobble together from the few little places I was able to find information. So VHS 94 is the fourth film in the anthology series VHS After VHS, VHS 2, and VHS Viral. It was shot in Ontario, Canada during the pandemic, (laughs) which means that production was a little bit uh, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to the shoot, the directors, obviously, besides Timo Gianto, were brought to a Holiday Inn in Ontario where they quarantined for two weeks. Oh, shit. Yeah. In an interview with the Boo Crew, they talked about how this experience was. And for some of them... It was fine. For instance, <laughs> Chloe Okono said that she's an introvert. And so being alone for two weeks and not able to talk to other people was actually kind of great uh-huh. for a change. Whereas <laughs> Simon Barrett was like, could not take it. Oh, he no. Was losing his mind. Apparently, some of the rooms had no windows. And oh, so they were going crazy. Yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> yes. Fortunately for Jennifer Reeder, who came into the pro- the production a couple weeks later, she had kind of been clued into the situation <laughs> and went ahead and got herself an Airbnb. <laughs> oh, smart girl. So she had like, yeah. a hot tub and like a lost out Airbnb while these other people were stuck in this crappy holiday, oh, no. like airport holiday inn. That's awful. <laughs> yes. And not only did they stay in the hotel, Portions of a few of the segments were actually shot in the hotel. Oh, that's yeah. surprising. I wouldn't have guessed that. So the empty wake. This okay, is not a spoiler. But one of three of the walls were fake. They were a soundstage. Mm, but one okay. of the walls was actually the Holiday Inn. And then <laughs> one of the rooms was, again, part of the lobby of the Holiday Inn. 
Okay. So yeah, that movie I can see was that. actually in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. The soundstage that was created for the storm drain was also inside the atrium <laughs> of the Holiday Inn. Really? Okay. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, because this is the height of the pandemic, uh, Ontario was under a total shelter in place order. So not only were they unable to go out and really shop and do the things they needed to do in order to buy things for production, they had to order basically everything on online. Oh, geez. And it was a total nail biter about whether or not things would get there in time or not. Because, I mean. Oh, those poor set decorators. That must have been really hard. Yes, it was wild. I mean, not for Jennifer Reader, and I'll get into that. But for the people who were doing soundstage stuff there at the Holiday Inn, it was pretty bad. Oof. Because not only were they not able to really go out and get things, if they did go to like a big box store and try to find things, the store had actually swept all of the quote unquote non-essential stuff out. So all it was was water and batteries and shit like that. Oh, that's crazy. Because I don't think stores did that around here. Yeah. They were not playing around in in, uh, Canada. Yeah. Good for them. But But that must have been really hard to make a movie in the middle of that. I can't imagine. Yep. So, so that's basically what I have for the production information. Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, it's currently available now on Shutter, so you can easily check that out anytime you want. All right, cool. So, I guess that is it for that segment. Let's get into our non-spoiler reviews. Ariel, why don't you go first? What did you think of this anthology and without spoilers? Sure, yeah. So I wasn't sure exactly what to expect going into it because I really liked the first VHS. I liked the second one. One of my favorite segments ever is in the second VHS, that safe haven one. I love that so much. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, But I never actually saw the third one because I had heard from people that it wasn't that great Mm. and I just never spent the time to check it out. And so I was a little worried this one might be kind of like that, you know? But I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I love anthologies. I know they're not for everybody because sometimes they can be a little bit hit or miss. But Mm -hmm. I personally love them because I think that sometimes there are ideas that only really need 15 to 20 minutes. Yes. And if you try to stretch them out longer, it sort of ruins it. And so you're able to do that in an anthology. (laughs) (laughs) We all know how I feel about (laughs) runtimes. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just need that. And I always love the wraparound stories, too. They always get me, you know, I have pleasant thoughts about anthologies, but I've also been disappointed by a lot of them, too. Yeah. But this one I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I think this is so much fun. There is really fun special effects. There's great sort of over-the-top gore. Uh Uh-huh. There are interesting (laughs) ideas in here. There is not to spoil any. No, that would spoil anything. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, hold it. Hold that thought. Hold it. <laughs> but anyways, I think there's a good combination of violence and sort of more creepy elements and tense moments mm-hmm. that it sort of each one has a, a different tone, which I appreciate. There aren't any duds in this one either, really. I don't yeah. think. I mean, there yeah, are ones so. that I like more than others. But there, was, there wasn't a segment where I was like, oh, they should have just cut that one, you know? Because right. I often feel that way where there's sort of one outlier that's a yeah. stinker. And I don't think this one has that. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think this is really fun. And because it's on Shutter, it's so easy to watch. I would definitely say watch this, especially if you can do it with a group of people. I think that would be especially fun. Because a group of people. Dare to dream. <laughs> because of the way that this one is set up being in the 90s, there's this sort of 
cheesy 90s acting quality to it that I think would translate well to group watching. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like this has enough gore and and spookiness that it's a totally acceptable solo watch. Oh, yeah, but 100%. Then I mean, that's how I watched it and I enjoyed it. Yeah. There's enough camp that it also is a great yes. group watch. Exactly. And gruesome shit. <laughs> <laughs> there is some gruesome stuff in here. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think I largely agree with you. I, I am a pretty big fan of the VHS franchise. I feel like for the most part, they're really solid anthologies. Mm -hmm. I did watch all of them, and I I think it's not exactly a hot take to say that Viral was not the strongest entry. Okay, yeah. (laughs) It definitely has its moments. It definitely has its moments. But it did kind of feel, at the end of that, I was kind of like, all right, well, there was some cool stuff in here, but I feel a little bit like this me the series has kind of run its course gotcha we're kind of out of ideas i'm very happy to say that i feel like this is definitely a course correction for the franchise i feel like this is actually one of the the strongest mm-hmm. in in the the canon i would i would put it up there i mean here's the thing is the strongest segment is in vhs2 as a complete package this may be the strongest yeah, I think you, you know might what I mean? be right. Yeah, just because there aren't any outliers that are bad. Right, yeah. right. And I think the other two definitely have some that you're kind of yeah. like, eh. Right. You know, like all anthologies, this one definitely has its highs and lows, but it's a strong package. And it's also the first one to include women directors, which makes it a double exciting <laughs> entry. Yeah, and two also, which is awesome. Right, right. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's another sign that things are starting to really shift. I agree. It's starting to look a little weird if you're making a showcase of emerging directors and there's no women. Right. Because this one had so many. If you Mm -hmm. hadn't had any, I think it would have been a little bit odd. I mean, this one, this one, the previous, I think the second or maybe the first one had the most number of, of segments. Not a lady in the bunch. Not a one. And if you take it cumulatively between three movies, I mean, we're talking about like 20 segments. Yeah. That's true. Not one gal. So it's delightful to see two women included in this. You know what's also cool? Because they directed the wraparound and the first segment, I don't know if this is the reason, but I'm guessing, their names appear first when you go on Shutter and the list of (laughs) directors. (laughs) That's super cool. Yeah, Yeah. probably. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay, I would say that as has been true with the previous entries, this one definitely has some moments that really stand out (laughs) and some really incredible visuals that are going to stick with me for a long time. (laughs) There's some really great creature design in this. I think that there is some things in this that are so bonkers from start to finish. Uh (laughs) They will not be denied. (laughs) And and I think the sign of a good anthology is that at least a couple of the segments deliver the chills and thrills that you're looking for. And this one does that and then some. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So overall, super fun watch. Has some really great little twists in it. I would definitely recommend watching it. And I would recommend, if at all possible, watching it and then coming back to the review. Because I do think most of these have some degree of a fresh take on an idea or a twist or something that would be more fun watching Unspoiled. Unless you just genuinely do not care about spoilers. Yeah, I agree. All right, cool. So let's get into this bad boy. Lay that synopsis on me, my friend. Okay. So we're going to start with not the wraparound, but the first segment. 
And it was called, like Rachel said earlier, Storm Drain. Directed I think by you Chloe. mean Stream Drain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that you said that here, I'm going to have to leave it in, right? There's oh, no I editing mean, I that assumed you would anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in this one, a local TV news reporter named Holly Marciano and her cameraman Jeff are filming a story on the legend of the rat man who has supposedly been spotted in the city's sewers. So it's essentially an urban legend and they're doing one of those, you know, light news spots that can go in between murders, basically. Right. So they decide that they're going to go inside of the storm drain to get a better story and more footage. And inside they find evidence of a houseless encampment. There is a sleeping bag and some belongings. And then while they're filming, they're approached by a man who seems to be covered in some kind of black gunk or goo. Mm-hmm. And Holly tries to interview him. But when she talks to him, he starts to spit up more black gunk and murmurs, Ratma. <laughs> <laughs> so they try to run away because they're pretty freaked out. Although she does leave her card, which is very nice, before she skitters away. <laughs> that's right (laughs) but they're captured by other folks who are living in the sewer and the next thing we see a minister who holly had interviewed earlier appears and announces that a new order will soon begin and then ratma Uh a rat man creature oh (laughs) my god from out of the sewer (laughs) yes yep yeah he we're gonna have to talk about his look (laughs) he vomits black goo and then the minister dude pours that goo onto the face of jeff the cameraman and it melts his face off it sure does (laughs) holly is then brought to ratma and the camera cuts off as she's screaming the next thing we see is a news broadcast from the anchor desk where holly is explaining how she was rescued from the storm drain and that jeff is missing She comes on to give her report, but instead of talking about something nice, she starts replacing random words with Ratma. Yep. And then she vomits black liquid onto the face of her co-anchor, which burns his face off on air. Uh And then as the newsroom sort of erupts into panic, she finishes her report with Hail Ratma. And that's the end. (laughs) Man, oh man, did I love this segment. <laughs> it's so wow. good. What a strong way to open. Oh, I know. It's such a strong opener. Yeah, I I mean, oftentimes these sort of news pieces, mm-hmm. I have trouble kind of buying into completely because either the delivery of the person being a news anchor or caster or reporter or whatever or the look of it isn't quite right. Yes. And we all know what that looks yeah. like, right? We lived through 1994. We know. Yes. <laughs> right? Right. And I think one of the reasons that this works r- really well right from the start is because it does really capture yeah, it does. that whole shtick and look. So a little bit of background. Part of what inspired this for Chloe Okuno was, did you ever see the footage of the of the people who think they've seen a, a leprechaun in a tree? No. Okay. <laughs> so I'll Wait, they legitimately the... think they saw a leprechaun? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh. 
so okay. cool. I need to send this to you because it must okay. be seen. It became a news story because it was like a whole community were convinced that there was a leprechaun in the tree. What? That's nuts. So I'm going to send this to you. Okay. So that you can appreciate this because it is really something. You don't have to watch it now, but you need to watch it. Okay. Okay. So, wait. for those of you in the know who are familiar with the leprechaun news story, where this community was convinced that they had seen a leprechaun in the tree, people were like gathering there. Somebody was selling leprechaun whistles. What? It was a whole thing, right? Like it turned into this weird community madness, right? So, those kinds of urban legends are part of what inspired the idea. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that. That is so interesting. Isn't that fun? Wait yeah. till you see the video. So you don't even fully appreciate it because this thing is <laughs> wild. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So what about you? How about you? How did you feel about this? So I agree. The look of it is great. The Her performance as an anchor person is awesome. And so you totally buy in. I also think that the tunnels are genuinely creepy. The setting is really creepy when they first go in and they leave sort of the light of day and are mm -hmm. walking around these tunnels where they've never been before it's not like they've got a map or have scouted out this location mm -mm. i thought it was genuinely tense i watched it by myself at night and uh -huh. i was creeped out so i think that that works really well i was afraid that this might go into that exploitative area with the people living in the storm drain mm -hmm. but it didn't and so i was pleasantly surprised by that because it makes sense that if you were some sort of rat man creature god mm -hmm. whatever extra dimensional like yeah. rat, man, rat man creature <laughs> that you would live in these storm drains and take advantage of vulnerable people right mm -hmm. that tracks for me yeah. and it didn't feel like the people that were living there were being used as the horror element no you know? no 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 there's plenty of other things to be scared exactly. of exactly so i really appreciate that i think the whole thing was done really well the special effects of the goo melting off the faces mm -hmm. was great i don't know if there was some cgi in there but it felt a lot of it felt very practical effects. i think it was largely practical yeah yeah and so I think it looked really, really good. Yeah, the setting for this was, it hit all of my triggers, my germophobia, my claustrophobia, oh, right. my fear of the dark, my fear of getting lost. <laughs> like, honestly, like all of them. Yeah. This thing, it has such a great payoff, but even the lead up to the final reveal yeah. is, like you said, genuinely tense. And this is how this walks this line, right? Of, of being great horror, but also kind of fun camp. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does that. It does that so well. I also love the idea of a Ratma cult and that yeah. somehow he's able to control people's minds to the point where she's repeating his name, trying to get it into the newscast. I mean, that was cool. And the ending is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's so over the top and kind of ridiculous, but in a way that sort of made sense for the plot and also was just fun and really enjoyable. Yeah. So overall, I think this one is really great. It's a terrific way to start out. I think it's, yeah, great all around. I do have one con. Okay. I don't totally love the way Ratma looked. <laughs> oh, really? I loved it. I cannot stop thinking about Ratma. So He's like I can't a rat either. and a xenomorph come together. <laughs> and is. then it does that screech. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
So I can't stop thinking of it either, which is why I don't think it's totally a con. It's probably more successful. The thing that I loved about it is at the end of his nose, it almost looks like a skull or a human face in yeah. there where his nostrils and mouth are, yeah. which I think was very creative and very cool. I just think that the way his face is sort of pulled out and long looked a little too CGI and fake. For but me. it was practical. It was? Because it started, really? The whole thing? Yeah. What? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've seen the suit. It's a guy in a suit. Weird. Yeah, I wonder if I can find it. At the premiere, Shit, I was, she I was, was holding the suit. It was like a combination. No, she's that's holding the suit on stage. Weird. Oh, that's so cool. Well, yeah. listen, good for her because I think that it's very memorable. I will not forget Ratma. I just didn't think he was quite as creepy as I was hoping he would be. Oh, see, the way that it disrupts natural form, yeah. the way its head is shaped was because I, I, you know, and also the surprise of it, I think, had a that huge impact. That is true. When I heard <laughs> yeah, there was a, a, a man rat hybrid in the the sewers, I had a, I already had in my mind exactly what it was going to look like. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, and so sure. then when it came out, and it was just this t- totally uncanny perversion of anatomical form i was like oh hell yeah <laughs> and a weird long ass mouth see that. and yeah. then that the, the sound mouth opens, of it it's oh. very creepy i will i will give you that yeah. i mean so i'm surprised you didn't have the same sort of feel i did for this which is this is a great example of lovecraftian horta right <laughs> i can see that right sure. it's this sort of extra or interdimensional godlike creature that is creating cultists around it yeah i mean i love that concept once gazing upon it and being hit by its grody you know sludge (laughs) or whatever starts to make you go mad it's so lovecraft yeah oh yeah i mean i love the whole idea of that part of it it's just there was something in the wall if you know what i'm saying (laughs) i do know what you're saying there was just something about the length of his nose that didn't totally work for me that read a little more cartoony than otherworldly creepy but again like you were saying i it's frozen in my brain i can't stop thinking about it so clearly she did something right and again the end of the nose looking somewhat human i think was pretty brilliant that part was very cool i just like yeah it is definitely invaded my brain i'm gonna find this freaking picture and send it to you because (laughs) it's it's crazy when she's holding up the whole suit is really disturbing Awesome. Yeah. So the other thing I really, we talked a little bit about liking the performance of Mm -hmm. the actor who played Anna or Anna Hopkins, who played Holly. I also liked that we got just enough time with her to, we squeezed in enough character development that I actually felt invested in her. And it was mostly just watching her react to what she was saying in the storm drain when she's like making choices about what she was going to do along the way, let you know a lot about her. Right. When she's talking about, like, this is the richest country in the world. Right. You know, why why are we letting people live this way? I mean, again, she gets into some savior territory when she's in the tunnels, but you would do anything at that point. Right. And it's a good combination of showing that she does have some heart, but that she also is after that Pulitzer. Right. She. Yes. (laughs) Very much so. But yeah, I, I overall, I don't, I don't actually have any cons for this thing. I feel pretty pro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I dropped the picture in the chat for you. Oh, shit. Okay. That is interesting. And I would not have guessed that the whole thing was a suit. I would have guessed that there were parts of the head that were totally CGI. So I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to watch that again. 
I mean, what a hardship to have to watch a horror movie again. <laughs> yeah, but again, like 99% of this entire thing I think is fantastic. And it makes me super excited to see what she's going to do next because she did a lot in a very small amount of time. And the right. way this thing looks is so fantastic mm-hmm. that it makes me very curious about her bigger projects where she has more money. I do feel like we're in a weird golden age of new types of creature design. Yeah. So – I'm not going to say the name of the movie because I'm hoping you're going to watch it and discover it. And it's such a fucking reveal oh, that I don't want to okay. review. But I, there was in the same way when we watched Amulet or when I watched The Ritual. Okay. You know, like you've seen every kind of version of a monster. Right. And then you see and then something new. Mm-hmm. And I, Ratma to me falls into that category. I, I can see what you mean because I definitely haven't seen this before. And that Ooh. takes a lot because right. you and I have seen so a many lot. movies. And there are even more movies beyond that that have been made. So if you can do something that's new and original, like you were saying with The Ritual, with Amulet, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. those those types of things do kind of just like blow your mind because yeah. it doesn't feel like you should be able to create something that innovative anymore. But it's still out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Artists absolutely. are still making new things. They say yep. like there's nothing new under the sun. Well, sometimes there is something new. Yeah. <laughs> and its name is Ratma. All right. <laughs> Next one is this is not really a segment so much, but is just a little interstitial, you might say, which is the veggie masher. Oh, I forgot about that. I freaking love that. It looked so real. And I feel like I saw a million of those ads when you'd be watching late night TV and those mm-hmm. things would come on. And you, you know, there was no Netflix and no DVR. So you just watched them and it, right. yeah, it looked just like that. But it, it was also so dumb. Right. <laughs> Which is also true of a lot of those stupid kitchen gadgets. So. Oh my God, I know. I know. I love there's that, re- there's an episode of Friends where he's in one, where Joey's in one of those. And it's like yeah, about the opening one milk. Pour milk out. Yeah. <laughs> and he just tears the milk carton apart. <laughs> There's got to yeah. be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I the Veggie Master, the reason I definitely want to talk about it is because, like you said, I think it is very convincing. Yes. But it's also just off enough and into the, like, territory of uncanny that it's a little unsettling. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. It, it made me a little uncomfortable in the same way that some of those Adult Swim segments will oh i can see that you know what i mean like it hasn't Mm -hmm. too many i mean it's not nearly as bombastic as too many cooks but it feels of a of a thing right of a piece yeah you know another one that did this really well recently did did you ever see mandy yes i did do you remember cheese goblin oh you're right oh that's totally a similar deal yes i kind of love this take on making these weird infomercials creepy mm-hmm. because there's something about the infomercial that it's they're already so manipulative yeah so to that's take true. that to a creepy place is interesting to me mm-hmm. and very effective yeah mm-hmm. when he was like mashing those vegetables <laughs> i was like a hand's going in there i know it i know it i know it and it doesn't but it's just enough con- i was convinced just enough to make it really tense yeah. So like, do I want to see that? Yes, I want to see that. No, I don't. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. All right. Let's move on to The Empty Wake. Okay. So the next one up is The Empty Wake, directed by Simon Barrett. It is about a young woman named Haley who works at a funeral home, and she is left alone during a storm to watch over a closed casket wake. But the casket keeps moving a little bit. 
And then Haley starts hearing weird noises, but she's reassured by her boss on the phone that everything is fine, except that then the power goes out and she discovers she's locked in. And then she is attacked by the corpse of the dead man who <laughs> is not whole anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this to me was just a case of a very simple story and setup done with style. Yeah. There's not a ton of there there for this. But there's one sort of central idea about the kind of busted up body chasing someone around. And it takes, in my opinion, this one takes a little bit of time to get going, but it has a really great creepy ending that made this one overall pretty enjoyable for me too. Yeah, I agree. I think that the payoff at the end is so much fun that it's worth sort of the slow build of it. And I think that the coffin, when it goes askew for yeah. a second time, uh-huh. I actually thought that was pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of being alone in a funeral home is already, I mean, I know it shouldn't be, <laughs> but it feels like it would be a little creepy. And then the unsettling yeah. part of the casket continuing to move would be, I thought was kind of chilling. Yeah. But ultimately, what you're watching this one for is the dude chasing her around. <laughs> Which is pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah, the effects are really fun. The when... head reveal, when it, it turns and it's missing half its head, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then when you see the chunk of head on the ground yes. and the eye moving, oh, yes. it's when really it good. When it spots her, it's yes. really creepy. It's very, very creepy. And when its guts just spill out of the front of it. <laughs> this is a very ooey gooey movie. Oh, I have to it say is. it is. It is. If you are not into like the insides being on the outsides, you're going to have a bad time <laughs> because it's all insides on the outsides all the time. Yeah, it sure. It's basically in all of them. <laughs> yeah, which I am into. So yeah, I was very too. delighted by it. Me too. Yeah, I think I'm always nervous anytime you have a woman who's alone at night where somewhere like strangers have access to her. Yes. So that is a scenario that always makes me nervous because I'm like, who's coming in? Why? She's alone. You know? Yeah. And so when the guy shows up, there's a there's at one point we get one sort of guest parishioner. Um, Something like that. Some mourner, I guess. Mourner, the right yeah, word. who comes in and just sits down for a few minutes and then leaves. Says some weird shit and bounces. So, okay. Yeah. I was wondering, overall, if there is kind of a through line of cults in this? Oh. Okay, let me think. I mean, obviously, you can say that for the last one. Yeah. I think that you could potentially say that for this one. Definitely, you could maybe claim that for the final one. Uh-huh. Because there is a cultiness to that type of thing. Yeah. I don't know about the third one, though. So I have a theory about what makes that one a cult one. Okay. But do you want to we'll, say it now or do you want to say it? Well, essentially that it's like an almost religious fervor to what drives him. And mm. he's essentially creating his own His own cult. cult. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're like saying. Like he's literally creating his followers. Or yeah. followers. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't know. I don't That's know. This, that might be a stretch, but I was thinking because then, then I was wondering, what is this guy's deal? Why is he the one person who shows up? Why does he say this weird stuff? What does this mean? What am right. I submitting to take away from He has to, to be the one that it? locked her in too. Right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So why? That's a good question. What's the motivation here? Mm-hmm. And we know that he, when he died, he was saying all kinds of weird stuff before he took a header off of whatever the building right. was. So. Right. 
I feel like there's more clues here and I was having trouble putting it together and I was hoping you were going to put it together for me. <laughs> sadly, sadly, no. Okay, listeners, <laughs> if y'all watch this and you kind of put it all together, let me know. I, see, now you're going to yeah, go back right and watch it. Ratma again. I need to go back and watch this one again. Okay. Because okay. I, I have Q's and I need A's. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you might be onto something there and it totally makes sense because we'll get to the wraparound, but obviously that is a very culty thing, so... Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think this isn't my favorite of the segments, but I think no. it's another could be the strongest one in a different anthology. So Oh, yeah. that's a very good point. Yeah, it's totally strong, a lot of fun. It's just it has the misfortune of being smushed between two really great ones. Two really yeah. great segments. Yep. So let's get into this <laughs> third segment. I know that it's a boy who directs this one, but I'm gonna have to talk about it. yeah we gotta talk about this one let's talk about the subject so the next one up is called the subject directed by timo gianto who many of you will know as the co-director of the greatest of all the segments safe haven oh shit i didn't know that yep oh that makes so much sense yes okay he and gareth evans directed safe haven okay gotcha gareth evans who would go on to direct the apostle oh didn't know those were connected either shit that makes a lot of sense too you know what you guys if you have not watched vhs too even if you don't want to watch the whole thing which i mean you might as well it's fun but definitely go seek out safe haven because it's so good yeah oh for sure for sure i'm and basically anything either the guys these guys do i always have to watch because they do such interesting things yeah totally because he also did the raid and the raid two. Oh, he did a few things that were really, really interesting. Nice. All right. So this one is about a doctor in Indonesia who is doing horrible experiments, trying to create sort of mechanical human hybrids using people that he has kidnapped. <laughs> so we see him in his lab and then the military police storm in and kill the doctor. But the doctor has sort of fail safes and booby traps in place. And then one of his experiments, a young woman, tries to ask for help, but the soldiers try to kill her. And then she has to fight her way through them. And that's the whole short. It's, <laughs> I, I can't take credit for this. The person I watched this with called it Hardcore Henrietta. <laughs> and I was like, this is not it's incorrect. Not <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. So this is the other major standout for me in Agreed. the film alongside Storm Drain. Because, I mean, from the very opening shot where we see the robo spider guy. Yes, the robo know. spider is so great and wacky. I love it. You just know you're in for a wild yes. ass ride. And you think, <laughs> how could you possibly top Robo Spider Guy? <laughs> and then this segment goes ahead and does that shit for yeah. like 15 minutes. It yeah. is a truly wild ride full of things I have never seen before. Of, the, of all of these, this is the one that has the most sense of total insanity momentum. You know, yeah, it's frantic and chaotic towards the end, which is some of the reasons that Safe Haven works so well is mm-hmm. that scene when the moment comes and everybody snaps and it just yep. turns into total pandemonium. This has that same kind of feel, but then it has this grimy techno horror that is just so over the top. 
it's so over the top and the gore is so over the top and Mm -hmm. the effects of when you get to see the human mechanical hybrids like that giant sword arm yes they are really really cool and the kill scenes are really great It's, it's it's amazing and the sound design is really good too there is so much sort of slurpy and goopy and mechanical sounds in this one Mm -hmm. that really add to the feeling of it his whole laboratory is gross and disgusting and just piles of pieces and yeah very very unsanitary it is really really great and then the thing that also is cool is that you start by with sort of a handheld camera and then as soon as she wakes up and she's the one that's fighting then we're seeing things from her camera's perspective and it almost yes. becomes like a first person shooter towards the end. Yeah. That's why I said the, hardcore Henrietta, yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so <laughs> I thought that that was very cool and super well done. And again, it's just, this one is so much fun. It's so gory and ridiculous. It's you great. You think you've seen everything, but yeah. there is a thing with a bar through someone's head that i've Uh never seen before i've seen people get impaled by bars i've never seen someone get their face punched off (laughs) (laughs) in all first person too it's wild yeah i mean this one i do have a minor con for which is that some of the cgi is a little bit dodgy but it's specifically around gunshots yeah that's true and some of the blood spray some of the when blood they're... spray. And then there are a yeah. couple moments where they continue to get hit by bullets, even though the sound <laughs> of the bullets has stopped. Yeah, we're still doing that shaky bullet yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There is such a just gleeful, ridiculous, over-the-top wildness to the section that those rough edges almost add to the overall experience. You see the places where there are some little, you know, little, like I said, rough yeah. edges. Yeah. But it doesn't take away from the charm because what you're there for is not verisimilitude. <laughs> it, it is for wild, over-the-top, gory insanity, and this thing freaking delivers. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. And then the reveal of her is heartbreaking and horrifying. And again, like I said, you have an idea of what you think you're going to see when you see her, right? Or when you see the guy underneath the sheet revealed. I mean, that's the first time where you're like, okay, I have no idea what's in store for me. Right. I was thinking we're going to get into like the Borg territory, right? Yes, exactly. I did not expect oh, no, her ma'am. entire head basically to be replaced. Oh, no, no, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, it was not what, what I saw. And thought. it is not even humanoid anymore. No. It is like a full embrace of like Robo. Yeah. Yeah, she has a robo head. Not like the hot robot lady. No, no, no. no. She's gruesome. It's it's really cool and unexpected and and just a lot of fun. And that final shot of her just sort of limping away in the distance. Yes. It's it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Big recommendation. Again, this alone is worth the price of admission. Mm Mm-hmm. And to get this and Storm Drain in the same collection feels like a real fucking treat, man. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right, next one, Terror. Let's talk about Terror. All right, so Terror is directed by Ryan Prowse. It is about, lucky us, a group of white supremacists Uh. (laughs) known as the First Patriots Movement Militia. 
why is it always the dumbest looking motherfuckers <laughs> that are like, we're the superior race? I'm like, Ooh, really? I don't think so, brother. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I do not think that your genetics are anything no. you want to brag about. <laughs> we don't need to be passing those. No, no, no. Step away from the gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> so this group, this militia group, is plotting to blow up a government building and quote unquote purge evil from America. Or some bullshit that they think they need to do. Right. So they go back to their compound to plan the bombing. And it turns out that they have imprisoned a vampire whose blood is explosive. What? And that's the weapon they plan to use. (laughs) And not a little explosive. I mean, hugely explosive. (laughs) But because they're dumbasses, the vampire gets out and attacks them instead. The The end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just when I thought I had seen every version of a vampire story. Like, Uh I like vampires, don't get me wrong. I think they're fine, but I don't consider them. I I enjoy them in a way that is, like, they are important to the genre. Right. Sometimes they tell really interesting stories about humanity. But, like, this well hath been mined. (laughs) That's not right. It's gone (laughs) dry. Whatever. Drained. (laughs) There you go. It has been gone to too many times. (laughs) <laughs> but here comes this movie with a whole new twist with the whole explosive blood thing. Yeah. This is, again, super gory and ridiculous and actually mining real life horror, you know, with right. the... Ex- yes. But then they have exploding vampire blood. So the fun aspect of this will not be denied. And on top of the fact that this vampire has exploding blood, it also opens up its face and neck yeah i love into this giant gaping maw yes (laughs) and then it just chomps off people's faces right (laughs) it's not drinking blood it's just like chomp and your face is gone yeah pretty fantastic i mean this it's definitely a silly segment in a lot of ways it's very silly but thankfully it is also extremely ruthless in its critique of militia culture and but and also cops Right, and sort of how frat broy and dumb they are, yeah. and they do not in in any frame of this segment seem aspirational, no, which I which always yes. really take major issue with. We talked about this a lot when we reviewed on Bloody Good Horror, um, that Stay Out of the Fucking Attic movie, yeah, and how exactly. I really did not like how we had these moments of this dude with a giant iron eagle tattoo looking badass right never does that happen in this and i think that that is really important and so i appreciated that quite a bit i also thought the way that it skewered the mixture of religiosity patriotism and then the co-opting of celtic symbolism (laughs) yeah was that was good for one thing it was really good writing in terms of it really tells you everything you need to know about this group of militia without having a ton of exposition but also it is a total condemnation of real militia culture Mm -hmm. and how absurd a lot of that all of that shit is you know so so yeah i i like this on a as a someone who struggles to separate politics from everything that they watch i appreciated that while also just kind of enjoying how gruesome and and silly this was and then oh again the it is so gross that part where he goes in for the french kiss and is like head and brain spill out onto the other guy oh yeah remember that oh yes i forgot about that that is really good yeah 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 this one's it's fun i mean yeah 
it's interesting to watch the militia sort of work and be ridiculously braggadocious when they have nothing to be proud of because they're so inept. Right. When they finally use those, the, all the military guns that they have, he ends up shooting a bunch of yes. his own people. I'm like, this is correct. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's the thing is that the way in which they were inept and stupid felt real and not slapsticky. Kind yeah. of. You know what I mean? Like these right. are mistakes that people actually make. Yeah. So that was that was great. But then, yeah, the ending of this is just so ridiculous and so much fun. I think that it it fits well in this anthology and is totally worth watching because of it, too. Yep. Another super solid yeah. segment. Yeah. All right. So that is all of the actual segments of the film. All we have left is the wraparound story, which is, again, the Jennifer Reader joint. So let's get into that to get, break this down for me. Okay, so yeah, like Rachel said, this is the wraparound. So these are happening at the beginning, interspersed throughout the film, and then at the end. So we follow a SWAT team as they're doing a drug raid on a warehouse because there's some new weird drug compound that they're worried about. And they over once they get into the warehouse, they overhear on a loudspeaker, quote, all are welcome, all are watching. Finally, followers, tonight is the night you've been waiting for. Tracked my signal. The signal is the stimulant. The signal is the sedative. The signal is salvation. So as they explore the warehouse. So cool. <laughs> I know. It is really cool. That's really good writing. That's, I is. like that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So as they explore the warehouse, they find weird prison cells that have TVs inside that are just playing static. And there is a dead man in one of these cells with his eyes gouged out. As they move on, they see more dead people. And they start to think that these are maybe cult members. And an old newscast begins to play on TV. And that's where we get the first segment. And then the next time we see them, they find a room that looks like a church. But it's got weird severed mannequins in all the seats and random gouged out eyeballs. Uh (laughs) And then the SWAT team next finds dead body parts strewn all over and crosses hung upside down from the ceiling mm-hmm. and then the SWAT team member named Gary says to two of the women Petra and Nash I thought you said no one would get hurt so we sort of come upon this scene and he as he's dying says I thought you said no one would get hurt to them and then one of them says someone always gets hurt And then a video starts, video recording starts playing, says forever starts now. And they pretend like nothing happens and go looking for team members who got separated. At the very ending part of the segment, most of the SWAT team are dead or and have had their eyes gouged out. And one SWAT team guy named Slater is tied to a chair. And the two women, Petra and Nash, say they're part of a fetish film cult that they make videos of cannibalism and animal cruelty and like snuff films and that they're going to kill him for their best video. And then Petra beats him to death with her camera. (laughs) She's like, it's stuck. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Okay. This actually, your synopsis helped me a little bit because I'll be honest, because it's broken up over sections. I did lose the thread a little bit. Yeah. So is the takeaway that, there is really no cult that it's just them doing snuff films. I don't know because they say they're part of a fetish film cult, 
the women say cult. that at the okay, end. Okay, okay, okay. So there is a so cult. So I think there to is it. a cult, and I think there's something about the static of the TV kind of putting people into trances because there is a right. scene where one of the SWAT team members sort of crouches down or kneels down in front of one of the TVs that just has static, and he just sort of zones out into it as we go into another segment. And so I think there's something about that, but I don't, if I'm honest, I don't totally understand all of it. I wrote down what happened. Right. I mean, already it's kind of, it's, I I feel like I got more. Yeah. I would love to see it uninterrupted because I do think, unfortunately, some of it gets lost in translation. And I think, but I could feel that there were interesting ideas here. I could feel it. I think the concept of the wraparound of the SWAT team busting in and then finding all of these various sort of tableaus is a really cool idea. Right. Yeah. It's definitely better than the setup for viral. I can tell you that one. For <laughs> sure. Okay. And also, honestly, the very first one is pretty whack, too. The wraparounds have been some of the weaker parts of this franchise. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that this has some really cool ideas and really cool set pieces. Apparently, the setting for where this was shot, Jennifer Reeder got really lucky because it was a warehouse that also had some props and things in it. So they were able to kind of search through the place and find found things inside the place to create a lot of the sets. So, like, they found all these TVs, and that's how they were able to make the pyramid of TVs. They found the mannequin parts in this place, so they were able to make the church scene. Oh, that was really lucky because I think those scenes, all of the walls of TVs, the random bits of mannequins they're not whole mannequins they're just random pieces i do think all of that's really creepy and i think that you're right that the the set pieces the prison cells the upside down crosses the church all of these are genuinely creepy Mm -hmm. and unsettling if you think about this swat team of i don't know 10 people or eight people or whatever going into this warehouse and just finding all this crazy shit when they thought they were going in there for a drug raid Mm -hmm. that's very unsettling and so I do really appreciate that because I do think the warehouse looked creepy. And I think that the guys with their eyes gouged out looked pretty cool, too, as did the bits of human yeah. <laughs> that we saw in the one scene. I wish there was five more minutes of this. I agree. I appreciate a lot of what this one is trying to do. And I think, again, the way that it looks is really cool. I think the failing of it, unfortunately, is that because in between some of the segments you just get really short bits of this mm-hmm. wraparound it's it is hard to track what's happening especially because there is this switch where two of the SWAT team members turn out to be bad guys you know I love that moment though where you, you realize that one of them's in it and on it and then you realize mm-hmm. the other one the is other too. one yeah I was like very oh I, and that's what I mean I feel like we were finally getting somewhere really interesting with it and then it ends I think that there is more happening here than is communicated in it and I wish that she had had a little more room to flesh it out a little more because I think there's a really interesting idea here at the end of this. And I love them getting into the, their cult costumes, taking yeah, off that their really SWAT clothes and like having all <laughs> the all whites underneath and putting on the tight. There's world building that is happening in this that doesn't get to get fully realized because it just ends too soon. And it's right. a shame because I'm like, I'm, I'm interested in where she's taking us and I'm ready for her to fully take us there right even the drug was really interesting because it's Mm -hmm. this white goo that you hold in your hand and sniff Mm -hmm. and then it does things to you so that is interesting but again it just wasn't quite explored enough and i think that you're right the combination of 
sort of the drugs and the static in the TV and the cult fetish film stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all really interesting. We just needed a few more sort of threads in there to hold it all together. Yeah. And then my only other thing that I would complain about, and this is largely a personal thing and not necessarily a legitimate criticism, but there is so much shaky cam in these ones. It is intense shaky cam. Right. So for me personally, I get motion sick really easily and I had a Uh, hard time. I had a really hard time, even though these were short, watching it. And I like found footage. Yeah. But this was on the deep end of shaky cam. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have a soft spot for anytime it's first person, like SWAT type of things, because it reminds me of aliens. (laughs) Yeah. And then it also reminds me of the incredible wreck Two. that whole, which is an aliens, basically an aliens homage. So it all comes back to aliens. But yeah, I mean, fortunately, I'm not affected by shaky cam. But as you're saying that for people who are, I think it's important that they know that that's definitely an aspect of this because it is pretty full on. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, what a wraparound story is meant to do is just sort of set a mood Mm -hmm. and move you from segment to segment and then have a little bit of a twisty twist at the end. Right. And this is very effective at doing that. And this gets the the job done. And it sets the tone kind of for the style of acting that you're going to be seeing Mm -hmm. and the way that it's going to feel. So I definitely think it does that. And the ending is surprising and fun. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah, it works that way. Totally successful as a wraparound. I selfishly, as a fan of female filmmakers, I just wanted more because I just wanted, I wanted more. Yeah, you know I what I mean. I, I wanted to see. I want to see her full vision realized because I. It's very clear that there are ideas here that she only very briefly touches on. Right, because I think she wrote the script for it too. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, there's this will do really well because you know uh, this is clearly a franchise that is mm-hmm. not afraid to put out a sequel. So <laughs> my hope is that this is really well on Shutter and we'll get to see more because and more connective tissues because I do think while the wraparounds don't necessarily directly connect they clearly take place in the same universe right so maybe there is a place where this will get to go in another one that we can reflect more on and appreciate exactly what jennifer reader set up with this i'm a fan of her so yeah more is more (laughs) (laughs) all right awesome so overall what are your thoughts on vhs 94 yeah overall again i really love this and i think that chloe okuno's storm drain section and then the one about the robot people (laughs) are so great that you need to see it just for those two alone but the other segments and the wraparound are also really strong so there's really no reason not to watch this movie Mm -hmm. and even if you feel a little wishy-washy about anthologies i think this one's worth giving a shot because all of them are pretty enjoyable absolutely Hard agree on all of those. I would. This is an easy recommend for me because mm-hmm. like I've said this before. The great thing about anthology is you don't have to watch them in one go. You yeah, can treat yourself <laughs> over a couple of different nights, and you gotta see Ratma. You gotta yeah, you see got- Ratma. <laughs> <You> <laughs> awesome. Okay, great. So that is pretty much it for our review. Unless you were sticking around for the extended episode, Ariel, you're in charge of programming. What are we? I don't actually even know. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So since one of the segments has to do with vampires, I decided to shoehorn in a topic I have been wanting to share with you for a while now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because when I did that witch extended episode all about the Salem witch trials and stuff, I discovered that apparently there was also at one point a New England vampire panic. What? 
like this. Right? <laughs> okay. I had never heard of it either. So I'm going to share with you what that's all about. Amazing. Okay, great. Okay, so stay tuned for that if you are a patron. If you're not, you'll still get a little bit of teaser of that at the end of the episodes. So you'll want to stay tuned and hear that at least. And if you want to reach out to us, there's lots of ways to do it. You can email us at rachelzombiegirls.com. You can come chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook page, or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcasts. And if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, you should check out our video on demand calendar where we keep track of all the scary and scary adjacent things that are happening on streaming and on video on demand. And trust me, it is spooky season right now. So it is chock-a-block with options. So you'll want to check that out. And if you want to uh, level up your old fashion style wardrobe etc check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch and that's by the way g-r-r-l-z.com merch and if you love us and you want to support us you can do so very easily by heading over to patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls and supporting us there again we have a really great special going on right now at the one dollar tier you can get in on that sweet ass discord perk which trust me there's a lot of good perks that's the best perk <laughs> and i know we sound like we're wrapping up but i just realized i blew past this we actually have a listener email this week we do oh okay awesome yes so before we wrap up one last thing and that is we got an email from a follow-up email from our good friend and patron sarita Oh, we did. Oh, we awesome. did. She told me she write she might write in, but I've just she been waiting. Did. Awesome. Okay, so hold on, let me pull it up right here. It's in my starred. So okay. for those of you who maybe didn't listen to the past episode where Sarita wrote in, she is a very close friend of mine. We grew up together and she hates horror movies because they scare the pants off of her. So she wrote in because <laughs> she likes listening to our podcast, even though she doesn't watch the movies. And we gave her some recommendations of some place to start because she wants to kind of dip her toe in the horror pool. Yes. And I think we, we settled in on Housebound. Yes. It, has, it was funny and creepy, but also had a little heart. Yes. So we'll see how she did. <laughs> All right. So, dear deadly ladies, writes Sarita, I finally did it. I watched Housebound. <laughs> In retrospect, I should have warned you that I'm a big old spoonie, a person with chronic illness, CFS slash ME in my case. I'm unfamiliar with this. I'm guessing you know. Yeah, but essentially she has a lot of chronic illnesses that keep her from doing a lot. She has to stay mm -hmm. in and it mm -hmm. keeps her somewhat bedridden a lot of the time. Oof, yeah, that's rough. That's rough. I'm guessing probably don't want to watch a bunch of scary movies and then be stuck in bed. <laughs> Unless you're a weirdo <laughs> like me. Anyway, so uh, and everything I do has a good odds of taking ages. Totally understandable. The point is you got there. Doesn't matter when yeah. you got there. Just think of me as a cryptid that occasionally surfaces out of the swamp and burbles a bit before sinking away again. Oh, my God. I love her. She's hilarious. She's great. Yeah. But anyway, I loved the movie. Yay. I'm so excited. However, we're getting called out here. I, I obviously haven't read this before. Y'all lied about there being no gore. Was there gore in that? There was. So she we, we were texting back and forth right after she watched it. Okay. I also, because we had made that recommendation, when I was home in California, I watched it with my dad because he had never seen it. Right. And 
I was reminded that there is some gore in it because that guy gets stabbed with the poker. And there's also, and then his face gets smashed. And so there's some, yeah, there's some gore. I mean, (laughs) is it really, is there actual gore gore or is it, there is a little bit, a little something. Was it a lot? I mean, I think it was a lot for her because it's a big splash of blood and, you know, goo. And so I think if you're somebody who doesn't watch that, it's going to seem like, oh, that's gore heavy. For us, it's one scene and it's not done in a way that's super dark. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of what I was mostly asking was like, I'm trying to figure out how dead I am inside. (laughs) Like, I was like, is it real gore or is it gore if you're sensitive? And it sounds like... Maybe gore if you're sensitive. I think if you you watch horror movies, it's probably not going to bother you too much. But if you're somebody who doesn't at all, I could see it being a little shocking. Okay. She said, but it wasn't more than she could handle, which is that. So that's good. So she says, we're still cool, which is a relief. (laughs) (laughs) It was both funnier and spookier than I expected. I was impressed by how smoothly the humor shades into legit tension and back again. Other pluses were that the twist kept switching up the subgenre and generally strong character writing. I loved how humanly flawed most of the characters were, including one, no spoilers, but I bet you can guess. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. (laughs) That I was not expecting to empathize with. For real. Yeah. For the time being, this is probably around the upper limit of spookiness I can handle right now. (laughs) This sort of heartwarming aspect of it helped. My current plan is to follow it up with a classic black and white haunted house movie. Black and white categorically scares me less. So it could work as a cheat to help me acclimate. Wish me luck. Sarita. P.S. In other news, my horror dabble in my horror dabbling adventure, I recently binged through the Magnus Archives podcast. I keep hearing about this. I've got to listen. listen. Yeah. Which is excellent and 100% has the stuff I wouldn't be able to handle in a movie form. Mostly the worms. Oh, God. PBS, have I mentioned <laughs> I hate Parasite? Any parasitic worms especially? Ew. <laughs> There's lots Same, of worms. Same, girl. Same. So what are we going to recommend for her next? I mean, I know what I think we, she should watch next, which is, I think, maybe probably be okay. I have two suggestions. And you tell me okay. which one you think would be better. The two okay. that came to my mind were Extraordinary and The Frighteners. Okay, so I thought of Extraordinary too, but I was talking to her and the ectoplasm barfing, she can't hang with. But it's just so, ectoplasm. It's just I like know, gelatin. But, <laughs> but vomiting freaks her out and she finds it very upsetting. And so since that happens a lot, she thought, because uh, I was telling her about it and she's like, oh, I don't think I can handle that. So I think she'll she probably pass on it. it. I mean, I think she would love, love She'll all of the other elements. It's not, <laughs> there's no surprise barfing. You will that's always true. know it's coming, so you could easily look away. There's no gore yeah, in that's, it. That's it's not true. really you scary, It's but it's got a ton of heart. I think if you look away, whenever he pulls out a jar, you'll be fine. <laughs> Just don't watch yeah, it when he has a jar. Right. Yeah. The Frighteners. You know what? I have not seen that in probably two decades. So I mean, I it's pretty you. good starter horror. It's not scary. Okay. I mean, it's a little scary because there's ghosts, but it's really funny because it's Michael J. Fox and then historical ghosts. Oh yeah, that's that would probably be fine. Right? I would imagine. I just don't remember if there's anything in there that might hit on her. There's some weird scary. kinky stuff, but I mean that that won't bother her. She's not a square, right? She no, can no. Hang. <laughs> so I would say the two I would recommend next are extraordinary and just don't look when he pulls out a jar and you'll be fine. And yes. I mean, because listen, I'm a super horror fan, and there are things that I absolutely look away from. Anytime there's an animal violence, 
I don't care. Yeah. Like I don't I don't actually yeah. want to get tough around that because I don't want to go through the process of it. And I also just don't want to be tough around that. So I totally look away for that. And everybody warns me when it happens when they watch the movie <laughs> first. I get an email. Unfortunately, you got to Midnight Mass before I did. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable animal court. I tried to warn people, yeah. but it's so intense and it so sure prolonged. Is. Nothing I said was going to totally prepare you yeah. for it yeah. without major spoilers. So as I was right. just like, and cat death in the first episode, dog death in the second episode. <laughs> and lots of it. But yeah, so I think if you do that, you'll be good with Extraordinary. And then Frighteners is another really fun one. And they're kind of spiritually similar because it's very much funny ghost movies with quirky mm -hmm. characters. Mm -hmm. That's true. So she had told me that she wanted to try some black and white. So I recommended to her the House on Haunted Hill, the one with Vincent Price. Mm. That's a good one. That's fun. She thought she might be able to handle ghost black and white stuff. So I don't know if she's watched it yet, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Well, Sarita, you have three. <laughs> you can choose from. But you should definitely choose Extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, great. So that really is it for us, except for our plans for the next episode. Now, Era, you are in charge of programming. What are we watching for the next episode? Yeah, so a big movie is coming out that we have been very excited about for a very long time. Slumber Party Massacre. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. So this remake is directed by Danishka Esterhazy, and it is about a slumber party that turns into a bloodbath as a psychotic serial killer wielding a power drill disrupts the fun. And yeah. we are very, very excited about this one. We've been hearing about it for a while now, and I just think it's going to be pretty great. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Trailer looked fun. The poster looks mm -hmm. fun. I'm about it. And I understand that the original is a classic and it is a very important part of feminist horror canon. Yes. I'm yes. not that big of a fan of it. Like, I appreciate it for what it is, but it's not something that I revisit regularly. It's a satire, right? And so mm -hmm. it doesn't quite work as a horror film. And I think I always wanted it to be scarier. Gotcha. Does that make yeah, any sense? Yeah, I can see that. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping sure. that this one kind of finds that balance. Scratches that itch. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, definitely. Everybody watch that. It's on what, sci-fi? Hulu? Something like that? Uh, good answer question. Is yes. The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I know things. All right. Well, sounds like we have some exciting plans for the next episode. I cannot wait to watch that and talk about it. Uh, take us out. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the More Deadly podcast. We really had a lot of fun with VHS 94. We hope you guys did, too. Please write to us if you have any thoughts, especially about the wraparound cult story, because we're super interested in that. And we will be back next time for another very fun horror movie. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host and good friend, Ariel, for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Shark. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Extended After Dark. Woo! And it has <laughs> to be after dark because today we're going to be talking about vampires. Yes.
Yes, I am very excited about this because like I said in the main show, I learned about this a while ago and I've just been sort of hoarding it, hoping that we would do a, a vampire movie soon. Uh, so when I saw that we had a tiny bit of vampire stuff, I was like, okay, now's my chance. <laughs> okay, so a little background information before I get into the New England vampire panic. The thing that you need to know, Rachel. Okay is that in the late 18th century, early 19th century, New England was being ravaged by consumption. Oh, and shit. Okay. If you didn't is that know, the one where you cough up blood? It sure is. Oh, it is tuberculosis. Shit. Okay, 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 okay. I I have definitely seen Deadwood, so I know about consumption. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's what we now know as tuberculosis, which is a bacterial lung disease that spreads super easily, especially within families, people who are living together. It has some truly horrible symptoms, including a high fever, an ashen appearance, sunken eyes, and like you were saying, a bloody cough. If you've seen Deadwood, if you saw Doc Holliday dying in Tombstone, mm -hmm. you know what this looks like. Yes. It killed you slowly over time and was called consumption because it would cause dramatic weight loss. So it was kind of like this disease eating you. Oh, God. That sounds yeah. horrifying. Mm-hmm. So the epidemic was so severe that it claimed about 2% of the region's population from 1786 to 1800 and eventually killed approximately 25% of East Coast citizens in the U.S. 25%? Yeah, it killed almost one in four. Whoa. So pretty close to 25%. Whoa, that is gnarly. Yeah. So no one understood how diseases spread back then. They just knew that after consumption victims died, their surviving family members would also begin to fall ill. And one by one, they would get sick. And so would neighbors, too. Holy shit. That's so yeah. scary. So most of this information I got from a Smithsonian article. Oh, what? You and... think you're fancy? Because you're a Smithsonian? <laughs> no. And a House, House Stuff Works article. Does that bring me back? All right. Okay. All right. You're, yeah, st yeah. you're still Ariel and from then... the block. 